Well, good weekday evening. Today is Thursday, July 28th at 7 p.m. And you're tuned in to the Parents of Prodigals podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brother Alan Weir. I'm a member of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church at 11 Certified Drive, Middletown, New York. If you're more than a one-time listener, we welcome you back to our podcast. And if you're a first-time listener, we welcome you to this podcast. Either way, you are welcome. If you're new to the Parents of Prodigals podcast, the Parents of Prodigals podcast is a program where Parents of Prodigals can call in. You, the listener, this is a live program where you, the listener, can call in and share your burdens regarding your unsaved sons and daughters. Join in prayer, petition, and supplication on behalf of their salvation. We always begin our podcast program with a prayer, followed by a short devotion, and then we open up our podcast line so you can call in and share your burdens, your insights, your prayer requests, and perhaps maybe even your testimonies on what the Lord has done for you in the life of your prodigal sons and daughters. Maybe they came to salvation or a general testimony as to how God bless you. Your testimony can bless other listeners who are on the air and be a blessing to them and strengthen them. That being said, let's begin our podcast with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you. We thank you for this time when we can come together and unite in prayer And Lord, your word says that the only ones who can ascend unto your hill and come into your presence are those with clean hands and a pure heart. And so we come to you asking, humbling ourselves first, Lord, and asking for your forgiveness for anything we may have said, anything we may have done, any thoughts we may have had, any pattern of behavior that we've exhibited. That's been displeasing to you, Lord. We ask for your forgiveness humbly, Lord God, knowing that it's by the grace of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we can be forgiven and cleansed from our sins. We just ask you right now that you look on us, Lord. The flesh counts for nothing. It's the Spirit that gives life. And we ask for this life-giving Spirit, Lord. Cleanse us from our sin. Forgive us, Lord, so that we can come into your presence Nothing hindering our prayers, but more than anything, nothing hindering our fellowship with you. And I pray, Lord, that whatever words are spoken today through me, through this podcast, or anyone who calls in and shares, would be a blessing to every listener, edifying the hearer, strengthening, encouraging, edifying, and comforting, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, your Son. Amen. Well, this is your program, and we are going to begin our short devotion. We always try to tie in our devotion to the topic of prodigalism. 
Wayward sons and daughters, some teens and some adults, some living at home and some out of the home, wherever they may be. For their salvation and for their deliverance, many of our prodigal sons and daughters are in bondage. Some are in bondage to drug addiction, alcoholism, gang affiliation, immoral lifestyles. Whatever it may be, we not only pray for their salvation, but we come against the power of the enemy rebuking the enemy and claiming deliverance and freedom on behalf of our prodigal sons and daughters, binding the strong man. The thief comes to kill, destroy, and steal. And the enemy wants nothing more than to keep your sons and daughters in bondage. You may be a parent of a prodigal or a caretaker of a prodigal. In any event, this is your program, so we would love to hear from you. So we're going to begin our short devotion, and then we're going to open up our podcast lines for anyone who would like to call in. The Gospel of Luke is most likely the longest gospel of all of them. And the Gospel of Luke, every gospel has a particular focus. And the focus of the Gospel of Luke, in many parts of it, Luke appears to emphasize the outreach that Jesus had to outcasts, to Samaritans, the people in society that were looked upon as being undesirable. The Gospel of Luke is filled with stories about Jesus touching those that nobody else wanted to touch, listening to those that nobody else wanted to listen to, and putting his arms around those that nobody wanted to put their arms around. Luke chapter 15 in particular is an interesting chapter. If you look at the 15th chapter of Luke, you will see, for lack of a better term, you can call that chapter the chapter of the lost valuables. Because in the chapter of Luke, 15th chapter of Luke, the entire chapter consists of three parables. And each one of these parables has to do with something that was lost. The first parable in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, is the parable of the lost sheep. The second parable is the parable of the lost coin. And the third and final parable is the parable of the lost son, the prodigal son. And in this entire chapter, Jesus was focusing on the lost. Whatever was lost was sought after. And was found whether it was a lost sheep that wandered from the flock a lost coin that was looked for and most of all a lost son a lost child that wandered away from home and these three stories are called parables you know it's interesting the word parable in greek is made up of two words para means alongside, and the word ballion, which means to throw. A parable is a story that's thrown alongside a biblical truth. And the purpose of it is to illustrate and drive home that truth. And it's interesting because in Luke chapter 15, verse 10, just before these parables, 
Jesus was talking to several people, and in verse 10, he says, Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angel of God over one sinner who repents. And after this verse, he gives these three parables. In other words, we just said that a parable is a story thrown alongside the truth. Well, here is the truth, that there is joy in heaven over one sinner who repents and comes to the Lord. And following this biblical truth that Jesus stated are the three parables, the three illustrations that Jesus provides to drive home this truth. And parables serve two purposes. One purpose is to reveal truth to those who want to know and understand it. But the second purpose of a parable is to conceal and hide truth from those who are indifferent. Their minds would be closed anyway when we think of our prodigal sons and daughters. Some of our prodigal sons and daughters are open to the truth. They probably perhaps are not ready to commit their lives to Christ. But if they come to church, they may respond. Maybe they'll sit down with you and listen to you as you speak to them about the gospel. Maybe they'll be open to coming to a Bible study. Or maybe they don't object to prayer. But the problem is actually responding. But at least their ears are open and they're listening. Receptivity is important. But there are other prodigals who are indifferent, who don't want to know the truth. A parable is concealed from ears that don't want to listen. And when we have a prodigal son and daughter who's in that situation, we need to pray fervently that the Lord soften the heart so that the heart is receptive to the message of the gospel. We pray that the ears are opened to truly hear the message, that the mind is open to receive it, and finally that the will be broken so that they take that step to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. And when we read the story of the prodigal son, there are several truths, several things that stand out. You know, there are different ways. I mentioned in a previous podcast that there are different ways that somebody can be a prodigal. When we look at the story of the prodigal son, like many of our prodigal children, a prodigal can be a prodigal behaviorally. When we look at verse 11, we see that this son, the younger son for that matter, was asking for his share of the inheritance. And according to Mosaic law, and according to biblical precept in the Old Testament, the oldest son was supposed to get the portion of the inheritance first, not the younger one. In fact, Mosaic law did not allow for the older and younger son to get an equal share. The oldest son is supposed to get it first, and then the younger son receives a share. But more than that, the inheritance was not supposed to be given until the father was deceased, had passed away. But when the son was asking for his share of the inheritance, while his father was still alive, According to Hebrew tradition, that's the same thing as saying that he wished his father was already dead, asking for something that he was only supposed to receive upon his father's death. 
a complete disrespect and disregard for his father and for family law. And we don't know. The father may have advised him about what he wanted to do, but the father did not stop him. This is an illustration of God allowing his children to go their own way. The father could have disciplined him, forbade him from leaving, but the father didn't do that. The father not only gave him an equal share of the inheritance, but the father allowed him to leave. Perhaps he tried to persuade him from leaving. But the parable states that after he was given the inheritance, he didn't leave till several days later. Who knows? Maybe he was thinking twice about it and decided to leave. Or maybe the father spent some time stalling and delaying him. In any event, ultimately, the prodigal left. Behavioral prodigalism. Another way a child may be prodigal is morally and socially. In verse 13, it says he journeyed to a far country. After he got the inheritance, insisting on it, actually, he journeyed to a far country. And in Hebrew, that term, far country, or, or as some versions put it, distant land, refers to a Gentile area. And many Gentile areas were known for wild living and carousing. And so when the scripture says he journeyed to a far country, it refers to the prodigal son leaving his familiar surroundings and going to a Gentile area, a place where he would be less likely to run into anyone who would hold him accountable for his behavior. And that's the way many of our prodigals are. They leave home, perhaps, and they live their own lives. And we encourage many times, it's not wrong for our children to want to live their own lives when they get older and become adults. We encourage them to spread their wings and become more independent and mature. But this was not the case with the prodigal son. The scripture makes it very clear that he wasted his money on what the New Living Translation calls wild living. The New King James phrases it prodigal living. And then we see that he squandered his time. He lived prodigally behaviorally. He lived prodigally financially squandering what his father had given him. The inheritance was supposed to be spent responsibly. But number one, he was a prodigal financially, squandering the inheritance his father gave him. He was also a prodigal behaviorally, as we see. As I mentioned before, he went to a Gentile area. You know, in an earlier podcast, we mentioned Psalm 1. And it mentions, blessed is the man that doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful. And the prodigal son may have done all those, all three of those things. The prodigal son may have listened to the advice of ungodly friends. Seek your own way. Go your own way. The prodigal son may have, of course, listened to associations and friends who were ridiculing 
parental advice and godly living. And then also, like in Psalm 1, he sat in the seat of the scornful and walked in the path of the wicked, following their advice, keeping company with them, and ultimately ridiculing the things of God. A downward spiral, a degression in godly living and a progression in evil living. And so the prodigal eventually returns to his father. And so we see that the prodigal son, when he returns to his father, the father is the one that runs to him. We mentioned in an earlier podcast when we were discussing the parable of the prodigal son that it was undignified for a Jewish father to run especially run to their children. The children run to the father. But in this case, the father threw all protocol, all dignity away. Swallowing his pride, the only thing he could think of was the joy at seeing his son return. And that's the exact same thing that's mentioned in verse 10 of the same chapter. Joy at seeing someone who was lost return. Joy in finding the lost coin. Joy in finding the lost sheep and carrying it home. And joy at seeing a wayward son or daughter find their way back. And the scripture makes it very clear that the angels rejoice in heaven when a sinner repents and comes to God. You know, with all the things that our prodigal sons and daughters may do, Sometimes they ridicule the things of God. Sometimes they keep company with the associations that they're hanging out with, following the advice of ungodly people, wandering further and further away from the faith. But no matter how far they stray, when they decide to return and are receptive and open to the message of the gospel and surrender their lives to Christ, humbling themselves, repenting of their sins, and giving their lives to the Lord. Everything they've said and done is forgiven. They are cleansed. No grudges are held. No bad blood. There is joy in heaven at the mere sight of a prodigal on their knees, head bowed, eyes closed, and soul humbled and accepting Christ as their Lord and Savior. No grudges, no bad blood, no not wanting to forgive. None of the weaknesses, the vices that human beings have. God is eager to forgive. All he needs is a willing heart. Come to him and surrender your life to him. And that is the thought that I wanted to share with you today, the different ways that a a young person can become prodigal. And one thing that the Lord laid upon my heart was when we think about the different ways our sons and daughters may be prodigal. Maybe you are the parent or caretaker of a prodigal son and daughter who's prodigal behaviorally. They're living an immoral lifestyle. They are cursing, mocking the things of God. Maybe you're the parent of a prodigal child who was prodigal socially, listening to the bad advice 
negative peer pressure, people who are telling him or her, don't turn to Christ, there's plenty of time. Religion is for old folks. You have a long life ahead of you. Enjoy it while you can. Being a prodigal socially. Being a prodigal, maybe your son or daughter or child is a prodigal morally. Their morals have deteriorated. Maybe you taught them the things of God, and as they get older, they develop their own ideas. They believe in alternative lifestyles. Maybe they're involved in immoral activities. Whatever it may be, if your child is a prodigal behaviorally, morally, socially, or any other way, one thing that the Lord has laid upon my heart is that when we pray, we should perhaps focus on the particular area where they are most prodigal in. If they are behaviorally prodigal, we should ask the Lord to deliver them of their immoral and wicked lifestyle, breaking the chains and breaking the yoke that the enemy has on them. If they're a prodigal socially, we need to focus our our prayers that the Lord deliver them from these evil associations and deliver them from the enemy camp where they are keeping company and listening to negative advice. In any way, shape, or form that your young person, your child is a prodigal, focus your prayer on that area. Fasting as well is important. For fasting, I believe, can break the yoke. But prayer is not just petition and supplication. Prayer is also warfare. Or like I mentioned again in an earlier podcast, Abraham, upon hearing that Lot was taken prisoner, took a band of men with him and stormed the enemy camp to rescue Lot. And we need to storm the enemy camp where our prodigal sons and daughters are being held prisoner. We need to bind the strong man and ask God to deliver them and free them from whatever has them in bondage. And so I wanted to share that insight with you on the prodigal son and the different ways our sons and daughters, those of us who are parents or caretakers of wayward young people, teenagers or adults, that may have wandered from the faith. Maybe perhaps they were in the faith. They were attending church, Bible study. Maybe they were active in youth group. And for whatever reason, they have strayed away. Or maybe they have never come to Christ. They may be aware that you're a believer, but they're saying to themselves, that's not for me. Just pray for me. But the scripture makes very clear that we all have to give an account individually at the judgment seat for our lives. And again, I say it again, as I've said before, I do not believe we are living in the last days. I believe we are living in the last moments, the last seconds. The rapture is the next event on the prophetic biblical calendar. The rapture is the moment when the trump of God will blow. And like our pastor, Albert Feliciano, says so often, we will be harpazoed, believers will be snatched up into the air to be raptured, to be with the Lord. And after immediately the rapture takes place, 
a period of time known as the Great Tribulation will occur. Terrible judgments will fall on the earth at, by the hand of God. I do not want my son and daughter, you do not want your son and daughter to be here for that terrible, terrible time of judgment. You want your son and daughter to be raptured. I want my son and daughter to be raptured. Just the thought of them being left behind is very disturbing. And so we pray that the Lord tarries. We want him to return, but at the same time, we want to see our loved ones come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so we lift them up in prayer and we petition the Lord to save them. Earlier in the week, my wife and I were attending, we're attending a outreach where we were distributing gospel tracts at the Orange County World's, World's Fair, the Orange County Local Fair. It seemed like a World's Fair. We were giving out tracts with several brothers and sisters in Christ from our ministry, Man Up for God, which I'll discuss later on. And while there, we ran into a sister in Christ who expressed a burden for her 35-year-old son. The young man's name is, well, she referred to him as Jay or Jason. And as she was speaking to us, she had expressed that she was familiar with the Parents of Prodigals podcast, but as she described his behavior, tears were coming to her eyes and her voice became shaky in the middle of that crowd at the fair. And she had her grandchild with her as she described the wayward living of her 35-year-old son, her concern for his soul. Death can come at any time, either death or the rapture. But as she described her concern for his salvation and the activities and things he was involved with, more tears came to her eyes and she requested that we lift him up in prayer and petition and supplication for his salvation. And so I would like to ask you to join me in prayer for this young man. His name is Jay. He is 35 years old. I will not mention the mother's name. She requested anonymity and we will respect her privacy, but we will pray for her 35-year-old son, Jay, asking the Lord to save him and to deliver him. So join me in a word of prayer, please. Father, we come to you again in Jesus' name before your throne, Lord God, humbly asking your help in a particular situation, Lord. Your word says you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Your word also says that you take no delight in the death of the wicked. And so we lift up this 35-year-old son, 35 years old, but still somebody's son. We lift up Jason up to you, Lord. You see where he is right now. We don't know where he is or what he's doing, who he's with, what he's thinking, what he's involved with. But you know all things, Lord. You know where he is. You know what's in his mind. 
You know the people he's hanging out with, what influence they have over him. You know whatever lifestyle he's living. You know what he's in bondage to. And Lord, we lift him up in prayer, first and foremost, Lord, that you touch his heart. First and foremost, Lord, we don't know if the gospel has reached him, Lord. Perhaps the gospel has reached him. If it has, Lord, I pray that you bring to his attention. Let your Holy Spirit bring to remembrance the message of the gospel. Salvation by grace, Lord God, that you open up his eyes so he may see the truth. And open up his mind that he may receive it. And open up his heart so that your word falls on good ground. Lord, bring somebody his way. Maybe a co-worker, a neighbor, maybe an acquaintance who has come to the faith. Maybe he'll hear a song, a gospel song. Maybe somebody will give him a track. Maybe he'll find a track on the floor and pick it up. We don't know, Lord. You know what to do, the perfect way to reach people. You know what it will take to bring someone to the foot of the cross. And Lord, again, it is a scary thing to pray. Lord, do what it takes to save Jay. You know what it will take to bring him to the foot of the cross. But when your Holy Spirit touches his heart, he may respond willingly Or it may take a Damascus Road experience like Paul, knocking him off a horse and blinding him. Drastic measures for drastic resistance, Lord. We pray for his salvation, Lord. We pray, Lord, that he get raptured. We don't want him to get left behind, Lord. But we also come into warfare right now. We rebuke the power of the enemy that is blinding him, refusing for the message to get through. This is a battle for the souls of men and women. Angels are in combat right now. And Lord, we plead your blood over Jason. That the angels prevail. That the message of the gospel fall on good ground. We pray for his deliverance from whatever he's in bondage to. We claim victory. We claim and proclaim freedom for Jason. We go into the enemy's camp, whatever camp he's in bondage to. The enemy camp of financial arrogance, the enemy camp maybe of friends who don't want him to become saved, the enemy camp of immoral lifestyle, whatever enemy camp he's in, we enter this camp right now. We proclaim deliverance and freedom. We bind the strong man and his cohorts, the demons who would work to send him to a Christless grave. We proclaim freedom for Jason. This is not the only time we will be praying for him. Others will be praying for him, I'm sure. His mother will, and others will as well. And so we unite in prayer with them. Save his soul. Deliver him from bondage. Fill him with your Holy Spirit. Cleanse him in your blood so that he can be with you in eternity. We ask these things in Jesus' name, and we thank you for the answer, which we know is coming. We don't know when, but we know it's going to come. And we thank you for an advance. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, every Thursday at the halfway mark, which we have approached, we take a musical interlude and play some godly music, music that will minister to your heart and to your soul, strengthen and comfort. 
And after this two music interludes, we will return back on the air. This is your show. We would love to hear from you. So if you're listening, feel free to call in, provide your testimony, or just share an insight. We would love to hear from you. We shall return after these musical interludes. Somebody's down to their last dime Somebody's running out of time Not too far from here Somebody's got nowhere else to go Somebody needs a little hope Not too far from here And I may not know their name But I'm praying just the same That you use me, Lord, to wipe away a tear Cause somebody's crying Not too far Somebody's troubled and confused Somebody's got nothing left to lose Not too far from here Somebody's forgotten how to trust Somebody's dying for love Not too far from here It may be
Well, we are back with our weekly podcast, Parents of Prodigals. And again, I'm your host, Brother Alan Weir. We have just returned from a musical interlude, and hopefully, prayerfully, it's my desire that those two musical numbers ministered to your heart and spoke to you and provided you with the comfort and the encouragement and strength that you need as you face this time when we think about our unsaved sons and daughters. We think about their salvation, our desire that they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. You know, teenagers, perhaps uh, those in their preteens as well, or teenagers also, usually are not avid readers of newspapers or listening to the news and the world events that take place. But as we watch the news, we hear the headlines about current events that are taking place in the world, financial uncertainty, possible recession, economic collapse. Scripture mentions wars and rumors of wars. Strange signs in the heavens. The Bible makes it very clear that in the last days, there are going to be a series of events that are going to take place. Again, wars and rumors of wars. Men's hearts failing them for fear. It doesn't take much to see that the coming of our Lord is extremely, extremely close. Unfortunately, there are many believers who dismiss the imminency of the coming of Christ and believe that we have plenty of time. That is extremely dangerous thinking. The Lord can return at any moment. In fact, the Lord mentioned in the Gospels that there were signs that would take place. We can clearly see that according to these signs that we're seeing in the world today, the coming of our Lord is right around the corner. The last seconds, not the last days, the last moments. The rapture could take place tonight. We will all be caught up together in the clouds in the air. And so it's important that we continue in prayer, steadfast and fervent prayer for our prodigal sons and daughters. The temptation is strong to perhaps come on strong and witness to them. We have someone who wants to come on the air right now, a sister Leslie. And we have lost her. She was just here. Leslie, if you're listening, call back in and we will plug you in. We would love to hear from you. Our sister Leslie from Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, a very powerful woman of God with deep insights. Um, she's been at our home several times and we have been to the home where she and her husband reside, keeping company with them, and here she is now. Sister Leslie, can you hear me? Yes, can you hear me? There she is, there she is. God bless you, sister. How are you? I am well. Uh, glad you tuned in. Thank you so much for calling in. Did you have a hard time getting through? Uh, no, I just it was asking for like permissions and things like that, and I was like, oh, how do you this? <laughs> per permission granted. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah. so that you know, uh, to the listeners, um, 
along the lines of parents and prodigals, I know you're involved in the mates program from our church. Our sister Leslie is very involved with the local school districts and the unfortunate events that's taking place with our school districts to pollute the minds. If our children are not prodigal, by now they will become prodigal with the school districts doing what they're doing to the education of our young people. So, Sister Leslie, we'd love to have you chime in and tell us about your mates prayer program and what you're doing through your ministry. Yes. So um, with mates, mates is the moms against the enemy scheme and uh, is a group of moms. And we, we meet once a week and we just pray, you know, against the things that the enemy's doing for, for our school age kids. Um, we pray for, uh, you know, adult children as well, prodigals. And, you know, and we stand in the gap and we for those and, and we stand and intercede for parents who may not, you know, know how to pray or, you know, have the, the uh, fervency to pray. We, we pray for them and for those things. And, you know, we've seen right. some prayers come to, to, you know, to be answered. And, you know, there are others that are, that are still praying. Um, but I wanted to to give a word of encouragement to the moms or, you know, parents that that may be praying for their prodigals and, you know, not to give up because I'm not a parent of a prodigal, but I was a prodigal child myself. Hmm. Um, I grew up in the church and, uh, you know, I was wayward for, for many years. I want to say maybe from uh, 19 to maybe about uh, to my late 20s early thirties, I was, I was wayward. And, and I know it was my mom prayed fervently, steadfast. She never gave up praying on her knees and, you know, and I just want the parents to be encouraged that, you know, God hears the prayers of the righteous and mm. to continue praying, your children will come back home to the fold. Now, let me ask you this question. Um, you know, Again, I mentioned this during the podcast. It's a scary thing when we pray, Lord, do what it takes to save our wayward sons and daughters. And like Matthew in the gospel, all Jesus did was call some of the disciples and they got up and left. But Paul had to be knocked off his horse. What was your what was your experience like in coming to the Lord? What did the Lord have to do to you? Well, um, for me, it took uh, for the, the final the final moment. It took for me to. Um, I actually got uh, pregnant with my my oldest daughter out of wedlock, and um, you know it scared me because I said now nah, now it's just not me living this reckless lifestyle. I'm responsible for for a child. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that that for me is I, I thank God every day. You know, yes, you know my child was brought into the world you know out of wedlock and and through sin, but I thank God every day for for my oldest daughter because if it wasn't for God allowing me to, to, you know, to conceive, I, I probably would have still been out there and who knows if I would have been right. here today. And, you know, we, uh, my wife and I, Nicole, we know Selena very well. We're, I guess we're called, we're her godparents or, uh, or Theo and Thea, but she is a godly, godly young lady, always coming to church and, and, you know, completely committed to the Lord, very active in the church as well. Now, I wanted to ask your sister, Leslie, um, you're a part of the school district uh, program. Uh, what are some of the concerns you have that the schools are doing to our young people? What, what are some of the issues that we're facing that can, and like I said before, if our children aren't prodigal now, the schools are probably going to make them prodigal. 
what are some of the negative things that are occurring in our schools that we should be concerned about and look out for? Um, well, one of the things and, and that, that really concerns me is now that my daughter's going into middle school mm. and in the middle schools and in the high schools, they're a little bit more open to um, the alternative lifestyle. They're, um, right. mm -hmm. they're very welcoming to that. Um, and they have a, um, a session that they call social and emotional learning where, you know, they discuss these type of topics and, and things like that. And, you know, they tell them to, to be accepting and, you know, you know, we as Christians, we're, you know, we don't ever like shun anyone, but, you know, not to be accepting to the point where, you know, right. we're going to allow this. And, and, and even to they it's to the point where they, they're not teaching your children how to think for themselves. They're teaching right. our children what to think or to question what it is they are already thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a huge issue. And let me ask you, I know that uh, when my wife and I were at your home one time, you mentioned that some of the schools were doing like a moment of meditation where you close your eyes or something of that nature. Yes. Um, they, I don't know if they still, you know, doing it in what classes, but I know that during, um, during COVID and when they had all that, um, you know, with the, the, the riots and stuff like that, or, and right. sometimes some teachers when, um, in the class, when, you know, the kids are getting rowdy or whatever, they'll say, okay, we, we need to take a moment and let's take a moment. You know, I, I know that the teachers are doing is they want the kids to calm down, right. but the method that they're using, they're telling them to meditate. And, are very dangerous um, routines and rituals that they're they're practicing. Right, right, right. And, and and this kind of guided imagery or closing your eyes and meditating can serve as a portal for our young people. And perhaps even I don't think we're being premature in saying that young people are getting interested in meditation and mantras and yoga and things of that nature. And this just opens up a portal where they could develop more interests in it as well. I agree. Yeah. Wow. They, they start wow. to, they start to question like, Oh, well this, this works. You know, right. they tell me to exactly. breathe and to meditate and take deep breaths. It works. It calms me down, right. you know, and, and that's what the enemy wants to show them that, it, you know, for them to think that these things work. Right. 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 Well, what I would like you to do right now is like I said, you know, Christian parents, more and more Christian parents are homeschooling their children because of what's going on in our public school system. And, you know, you may be the parent of a child that you're raising in a godly manner and they're learning the Bible and then they go to a public school and they hear something something different. If they're not prodigal now, God forbid that what the schools are doing and teaching them can turn them prodigal and turn them away from the things of God. So I want to ask you, uh, in connection with your program as well, that uh, you lead us in a prayer for our children, that God avert prodigalism, keep them, keep godly children from becoming prodigal, and those that are turning away because of what's happening in the schools, that the Lord turn them back to the ways of God. I want you to lead us in a prayer for that, if you can. Amen. Yes. Heavenly Father, we come before you, dear Lord. I come before you, Father, first and foremost, asking you to cleanse me now, Father God. Forgive me, Father, if anything I may have said or done today, Lord, that didn't bring you glory and didn't bring you honor, Father God. I come before you, 
before you, Lord, with, with a clean heart and mind. Lord, I ask, Father God, right now, for all the children, dear Lord, that are in the school system, Father God, all of our school-age children, dear Lord, that even those that are not of the body of Christ, these children, Lord, I ask, Father God, that you would seal them, Lord, in the Holy Spirit, Father God. Seal them with your blood, Lord. Seal them, Father God, so that they're not affected by these teachings and these meditations and things that are going on in the school, Father God. I ask that you would just put a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Father God, we pray that if it, it even seems to have a good taste in their mouth, these things that they're doing, Lord, I pray, Father God, that you would take that taste away, Lord, and let it not be something that is appealing to them, Lord. Father God, that they may be seeking you now, Lord, but these things may cause them in their minds, Father God, to question the truth, Lord, that they know that is in your word, Lord, and it may lead them astray, Father. I pray, dear Lord, that you would give them a sound mind, Father God. Bring to remembrance, dear Lord, the truth, and let that ring, Father God, louder in their ears than what the world and in the school systems are speaking into their ears, Lord. Father God, protect their eye gates, their, their ear gates, Lord, from what the enemy is trying to show them, Lord. I pray even, Father God, even those who are on the brink, Father God, of leaving and maybe going astray, Father. I pray, dear Lord, that you would halt them in their steps, Father God, and bring them back to you, Lord. Yes, Lord. That they would question, Father God, wait, what am I doing, Lord? And they would come back to you, Father God. And those that are that are more into it, Father God, I pray, dear Lord, that they would see, Father God, the error of their ways and that the, that the veil would be lifted, Lord, from their eyes, the wool over their eyes, and that they would see, Father God. Unclog their ears, dear Lord, so that they can hear, Father God, yes, your Lord. voice, your spirit calling them home, calling them yes. to you, Father God. I pray, dear Lord, that you would bring, Father God, other people into their ways, dear Lord. Father God, if they won't hear it from their family and their parents, Lord, I pray that you would bring someone that would, would grab their attention, Father God, that someone that they would listen to, that would give them the truth, Father God, and that would hear, Lord, and come home to you, Father. I thank you for your children, dear Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for those that are coming home. I thank you for the answered prayers, Father God, and the testimonies that we will hear, Lord, on this part being, Father God. That we will hear from the parents, dear Lord, who are praying and fasting and warring for their children, dear Lord. I pray, Father God, that our, us as parents, as mothers and fathers and caretakers would not be afraid to go into the enemy's camp, Father God, and take mm. back yes. what belongs to us, Father. I pray, dear Lord, that you would give us courage, courage, Father God, and that we would equip ourselves to war and fight for our children, Lord. I thank you, Father God, and in your name I pray, Jesus. Amen and amen. Amen, amen. A powerful, powerful prayer from a powerful warrior and sister in Christ, Sister Leslie Rodriguez. Uh, in fact, Sister Leslie and her husband and family will be joining my wife and I at our home tomorrow. Actually, on Saturday. I'm thinking about today being Friday. That's right. They'll be joining us on Saturday uh, for a uh, family gathering. We look forward to having them here uh, at our home. So, Sister Leslie, thank you so much for calling in. And we will see you soon. Amen. Okay. Bye-bye.
That was Sister Leslie Rodriguez of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church. A woman of God, her and her husband are a powerful couple. Very encouraging, and we love them both. We're coming to the conclusion of our podcast. Um, you know, the theme of our podcast, Parents of Prodigals, is Praying Our Prodigals Home. And that is what we do here. We encourage prayer, petition, and supplication for our wayward sons and daughters who have strayed from the faith, who have never come to the faith. We want to see them all come to a saving knowledge of Christ and they have the joy of salvation. That's what we want to see for our sons and daughters. We don't know when it's going to happen, but we need to continue in prayer and petition and supplication with intercession, fervently praying and fasting for their salvation, living Christ before them, being living epistles that can be read and seen of all, and the Holy Spirit giving us courage to witness to them with discretion, with love, and with grace, and most of all, with patience. I want to mention um, this particular event that's going to take place in Middletown, New York. My wife and I, Sister Leslie and her husband, and numerous others are involved in a outreach called Man Up for God. It is a church without walls, church without walls for that matter. It's an outreach where we, for the most part, in lack of a better term, preach the gospel, give out tracts, spread the word about the gospel of salvation. And on Saturday, August 6th, from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m., Man Up for God Ministries, with the theme, Be My Disciple, will be holding an intimate festival of praise and worship. It is boots on the ground. The Warriors for Christ will be there. We'll be there preaching the gospel, giving out tracts. It'll be, for lack of a better term, a Christian block party. There will be entertainment, but not for the purpose of entertaining, for that matter. We will have choirs and people who will be singing, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ through song. We will have a prayer tent where we can make intercession and petition for those who need prayer for illnesses or salvation or any other issue. We encourage you to come out Saturday, August 6th, from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. The location is going to be Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located at 11 Certified Drive in Middletown, New York. Bring your lawn chairs, bring your loved ones, bring your family. But we look forward to seeing you there at the Intimate West Festival of Praise and Worship. Again, Be My Disciple, Saturday, August 6th, from 3 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m. at Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, 11 Certified Drive in Middletown, New York. We will be concluding this podcast with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this time of sharing, prayer, testimony, and petition, Lord God. We thank you for those who have tuned in and were listening, and we pray that what was said and shared here was a blessing and an encouragement to the listeners, ministering to the hearts and minds. And Lord, for those who are listening who are the parents or caretakers of wayward sons and daughters who are not believers, that you give them strength and encouragement as they continue 
to pray for the salvation of their loved ones. Don't let them feel down or discouraged. Their prayers will be answered. Our prayers will be answered. For I too am the parent of a prodigal son and daughter. And so we pray, I pray, we all touch and agree for those of us who are caretakers and parents of prodigals. Help us to tarry, to be patient for the answer that we know will come in your own time and in your own way, Lord God. You know what's best. We need to wait on you, Lord God. And like that song that we mentioned last week, Lord, by John Waller, we are waiting for our prayers to be answered. But while we are waiting, we will worship we will serve, and we will not faint, but persevere in the faith. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope that what was said and shared today ministered to your heart and ministered to mine. And we will be back on the air again next Thursday, August 4th at 7 o'clock p.m. We look forward to hearing from you on the next Parents of Prodigals podcast. Until then, this is Brother Alan Weir wishing you a great week, a great night, and until again, next Thursday, August 8th, God bless you. Persevere in the faith and stay strong, standing firm and praying without ceasing for your loved ones, your prodigal sons and daughters, believing for their salvation, which will come to pass. Amen. Good night.